Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. This bill prevents a governmental entity, including public schools and units of local government, from displaying flags which represent a political viewpoint, including a partisan viewpoint, a racial or sexual orientation or gender ideological viewpoint, or political viewpoints. And lastly, this bill requires that the U.S. flag be displayed in the dominant superior position when displayed next to other flags at government buildings. That is a bill. The pride flag has always been a symbol of inclusion and safety, not a political viewpoint. My gender is not a political viewpoint. My sexuality is not a political viewpoint. As a teen who was discovering my identity, I, don't, I did not feel safe to come out to anyone in my high school. I did not feel free. But the first time I saw a pride flag on my public university's main campus, I just stopped and stared and smiled. Finally, I felt seen. It was as if I could breathe for the first time in years. My six-year-old is gender fluid. Their existence is not political. Their identity is not political. The flag representing their existence and identity okay, is you. only political if you insist on passing laws that define it as such. I am not here like other parents to plead with your humanity. I am here to oppose this oppressive bill, to call out okay, terrible you, behavior, and to say, take the boot off my face. You, this Ms. is Warren. a fascist regime. Well, how did you think it was going to go? <laughs> I mean, how, how did you think it was going to go when you try to say that the only flag you can fly in a classroom or in a government building in the state of Florida, municipal, county, city, whatever, could only be either the flag of the United States or the flag of the state of Florida or apparently flags of other countries, um, not quite sure. I mean, that was an inclusion. They did not allow the Confederate flag. They do not allow the Pride flag. They do not allow the BLM flag, Black Lives Matter flag. They do not allow a Trump flag or a Biden flag or a white nationalism flag. Or They didn't give this example, but I got to assume you could not fly the Methodist flag or the Episcopalian flag, uh, you know, you just, you know, or even just a generic Christian flag or a you know Muslim flag or Star of David. Although you can fly the Israeli flag, but... You know, so, some some movement here, but um, Randy Fine and uh, David Barrera running this bill in the House, HB nine zero one. And I said before, I'll say again, I don't know what the implications of this bill would be. For example, for uh, Milton having the you know the flags displayed there that has a, a Confederate flag on it. It's state property. I'm told. Nah, I don't. I'm just. I'm not sure what this bill would mean for that. I'm also not entirely sure what it would mean for things like the. I. I think we'd probably be okay in Pensacola to fly to fly you know the four and a half flags like we do now uh to you know to still fly the the British and the Spanish and um uh oh god my brain what am I forgetting <laughs> U.S. Confederate British Spanish French uh <laughs> wow anyway um you know but uh, you know time will tell right implementation is is going to be sort of a question um, weird though, one of the arguments that they kept making over and over and over again was that these flags are not political. You heard a couple of them say that, that, you know, flags like the pride flag are not political. 
Well, and, or, and also making the case that this stuff doesn't matter that, you know, like one person said, I've, I've gone all over the place. I've talked to all kinds of people and nobody cares about this. Since the last term, I've actually talked to voters both in my area and across the state. No one, absolutely zero, mentioned their top priority is these culture wars that are going on. They're concerned with their homeowners insurance and rising home house costs. Meanwhile, this term, you're still ignoring their wishes and fighting these culture wars. This is Vance Aarons also saying... Pride flags are not political. They represent people from every socioeconomic and political background. Okay. Um, Randy Fine, who is... Uh, that's the way I want to say this just right. He's not known for his uh, delicate presentation. <laughs> He's not the gentle touch type, okay? He's one of the authors of this bill. I do find debates like this one incredibly disappointing um, on a number of levels. One is, you know, we'll hear over and over and over again, my gosh, why are you wasting so much time talking about these issues from the same people who will stand up for 90 minutes and talk about these issues and not allow us to get to the things that they claim that they want us to be working on? This bill could have been up and down in five minutes. That's a bingo. <laughs> you know, you can't simultaneously say that it doesn't matter, but be so vehement about how much it doesn't matter that you stand there for an hour and a half talking about how important it is and also how it doesn't. I mean, you know, it matters. It matters what you say in the public sphere, what you symbolize with flags, icons, messages. These things really do matter. And also flags aren't neutral. One person said, oh, we want neutral flags like the American flag and the Florida flag. Those flags aren't neutral. No flag is neutral. Flags have meanings. And so we as a society are saying, look, the flag that should unite us, the flag of Florida, the flag of the United States, those will be the flags that will be flown in our government meetings. And by the way, the, the United States flag is extraordinarily not neutral. You know, people around the world burn the American flag. Precisely because it stands for something. Now, what they think they're burning because of military intervention or because of human rights or because of content in our culture that they find objectionable or believing that women are equal in value to men, you know, pick it. There's all kinds of reasons people oppose that flag, but that flag means something. I mean, if it didn't mean anything, we wouldn't salute it. We wouldn't pledge to it. We wouldn't sing about it. We wouldn't open our governmental meetings and our sporting events by paying tribute to it. It's not just our nation's flag, and especially uniquely in America, it's not just a representation of a geographical limit. It's a representation of ideas. You know, America, as has been made comment on by many people long before me, America is not just a place, it's an idea, it's a belief, it's a set of values. So hanging the American flag in a classroom is incredibly political, but it's our political. It is the uniting flag of this nation and the values that we declare, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are the rights to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and a whole bunch of other stuff, right? So flags matter. They really, really, really matter. And that's why they're fighting so hard. That's the place where we agree. I agree with you that a BLM flag matters. It's not nothing. I agree with you that a white nationalist flag matters or that a pride flag matters. 
or that if there were such a thing, a straight flag would matter. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I agree. Just say that. Don't say it's not political because it clearly is. Don't say it doesn't matter because it clearly does. And look, the whole point that Randy and this bill were trying to make is if you want to have it at your house, fine. But if you want to have it in a public building, if these people want to come in here wearing the Hamas flag or any other flag around them, they can do that. They're here in their private capacity. But those flags don't go at the back of this room. The problem that we have in this country today is we've stopped believing in those things that unite us and we focus on those things that divide us. I don't want the Hamas flag flying in this room. I don't want the Black Lives Matter flag flying in this room, and I don't want the Trump for president flag flying in this room. Those aren't appropriate. Amen. And if somebody texts in, we die for that flag, and we die to protect that flag and to rescue that flag when we leave a place because that flag means something. That's right. That's exactly right. Sorry, we're super late to traffic, Jake. Uh, 718 on News Radio mm-hmm. 923. How are the roads looking? Uh, they're looking great. We're not seeing any major slowdowns or accidents to report. Highway 29 is accident free from the Atmore cutoff in Molino through Cantonment. Lillian Jackson, Navy, New Warrington, all accident free on the west side. Uh, and Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking and clear. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is flowing smoothly. If you see anything out there, let me know. 437 1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. So you've heard of Pelican Drones. I hope you have. I mean, fantastic drone footage coming. Company. They've been around for years. Um, they work with all kinds of huge clients. I mean, I, I name the names that there's so many of them. What you might not think of them for is comprehensive video production services. You know, like you're thinking about doing an ad for, let's say, TV. The old days, you'd kind of call the TV station. They'd come. They'd shoot some video. They would produce it. It'd be a minute spot or 30 seconds, and they'd own it. And if you wanted to do something else, yeah, well, you know, you sign up again, right? And if you want to go to a different station, you go to them and do the same thing. Or maybe you hire an outside company. It's very expensive, okay? Either way. With Pelican Drones, it's very affordable. They will come shoot your stuff. They will edit whatever, and they give you all the – you get the raw footage. You get the completed package, and if you you want a 90-second, a 60-second, a 30-second, a 15-second, a 5-second, you know, one for TikTok, one for Instagram, no problem. And then you own it, no problem. They are a comprehensive video production company, and they can help your business or your Airbnb or sell your car or whatever it is you need them for. Find out more about them at pelicandrones.com. Here's today's Strength for Life. Consider with me the topic of ego. Proverbs 16 explains that an unchecked, insufferable ego will lead to destruction and to a fall. Ego is your enemy. It's your enemy because it inhibits you from learning. You can't teach someone something that they think they already know. Also, ego is your enemy because it destroys relationships. Eventually, other people tire of you if you're self-absorbed and egotistical. Further, ego is your enemy because it's antithetical to the gospel. After all, it's for by grace we're saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, it is a gift of God. And the cure to ego is to have a God confidence. It's okay to be confident in the gifts that God has entrusted to you. To avoid being egotistical, you must never forget that God gave you those gifts. So be confident in Him and then avoid the destruction that comes from an insufferable ego. For more Strength for Life, check out our website at strengthforlife.church. 
Join the Pensacola Expert Panel tomorrow at 1030 as Bess Marks from Lazy Boy Gulf Coast joins the show and talks about Lazy Boy's upcoming events at all three Gulf Coast locations, Pensacola, Spanish Fort, and Mobile. How to incorporate Lazy Boy's free in-home design service with recliners, sofas, accessories, and artwork to make your home look just like a picture out of a magazine. Text or call in your questions from the Pensacola Expert Panel at 850-437-1620, weekdays from 9 to 11 on News Radio 92.3. News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 is accepting applications for employment. Periodically, we have openings in sales, business, news, promotions, engineering, production, and programming. We'll keep your application for consideration when such an opening occurs. We also provide internships for qualified students. Apply online at News Radio 92.3 or at our studios at 7251 Plantation Road between 8.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. ADX Communications is an equal opportunity employer. Start your mornings off informed with all things Pensacola on the Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Oh, um, I, you know we haven't had this in a while, so we had a we, we didn't have Devane Cook on this morning because the meeting yesterday in Santa Rosa County was uh, so short, uh, so simple, not very much to really talk too much about. But there was kind of a I don't know a, a sort of an interesting moment. So, morning everyone. We're here for public forum. Public forum is an opportunity for the public to get up and speak about anything they'd like to discuss. Fellow commissioners, have anything on the agenda no they need to modify? Commissioner Calkin? No changes. I just wanted to kind of let everybody know that. All right. I just want to let everybody know me and Brad are working on something very exciting coming up. Uh, the largest flag in the state of Florida. So stay tuned. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Stay tuned, I will. <laughs> Speaking of flags, oh, Commissioner Calkins. Uh, 724 on <laughs> the, uh, the biggest flag in the entire state of Florida, 437-1620. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> oh, man. You Priorities. mean the one, at, the one at Camping World and yeah, Gulf Breeze is not the biggest I, one? I, and- yeah, I would have thought, you know, I mean, big enough, but... <laughs> I, I just I can so I can so see him like I got an idea. <laughs> I know what we're gonna spend money on. We are gonna make the biggest flag in the entire state of Florida. It's gonna be the biggest one. Right here in Santa Rosa County. And it's it's not good enough to be biggest, twice as big. Twice as big as every other flag in the entire state of Florida. People are gonna be able to see it from Georgia. People <laughs> 
gonna see, I'm gonna see, see it, it from, from space. space. <laughs> <laughs> fly that flag. We're gonna. If that flag tips over, it's gonna take the whole building with it. Four, three, seven, sixteen, twenty. Oh, let's see. Uh, Jake's got our traffic on the fives. <laughs> I do. Um, okay, I ten and I one ten are at posted speeds this morning. Highway ninety eight, going by that huge flag uh, at Camping World, right next to my apartment. Um, I swear, I can. I that flag is huge. I can't believe you're going to make shelter one from the bigger. sun in the summer oh, and not man. get sunburned under I'm this flag. You. It's going to be that big. Yes. Uh, okay. So uh, still see that accident at Palafox and Oakfield, but no major slowdowns there. But I guess that's still being clear. Out. Uh, otherwise, around town, we're looking great. If you see anything, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. I got people texting me. It's not fair. I did a Santa Rosa County bit with the Milton music. That was the Santa Rosa County music. That's Milton. The Milton music is Days of Our Milton like Days of Our Life. Come on, people. Learn your bits. <laughs> learn you. What you need is a bigger flag. 437-1620. David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? This flag, it's going to be like uh, the Simpsons movie where Monty Burns blocked out the sun. Is that how big this flag is going to be? <laughs> it'll yes. be the canyon arrow of American flags is what it'll be. The Supreme Court is going along with the Biden administration's request to throw out a lower court ruling that banned federal agents from removing the razor wire that Texas had installed across the southern border this will clear the way for federal officials to remove physical barriers and help uh, immigrants as they're crossing the river. Jury selection is underway in New York in the trial of two men accused of killing Run DMC's Jam Master Jay. It's taken prosecutors over two decades to get to this point. Now Ronald Washington and Carl Jordan are standing trial. They're charged with shooting the legendary DJ in his Queens recording studio in 2002. And it looks like Dwayne The Rock Johnson has a new job. In addition to, of course, being one of the top movie stars in the nation, running a production company, heading up the United Football League and his Terramana Tequila and Zoa Energy brands. He's a busy man. He's now a sitting member on the TKO Endeavor Group's board of directors. Uh, what is TKO Endeavor Group, you may ask? Well, that's that's the new company that combined WWE and the UFC under one umbrella here this year. Uh, the Rock now one of 13 board members running that brand, and this comes, of course, as speculation that Johnson may also return to WWE this year for a match at WrestleMania. All right. Thanks, David. Thanks so much for the update. Oh, by the way, Town Hall tomorrow on the radio from 7 to 8, we're going to have Mayor Reeves here in studio, and we'll, he'll take your questions and your texts, and we'll have a good time of it. It'll be a good time. That's tomorrow from 7 to 8 a.m. Oh, man, I hope I have time to read this article because I really want to do the frivolous topic about this today. But here goes. This is a uh, news article. I saw it in the New York Post, but that came from News.com in Australia. I'm going to just read it to you. All right. The simple act of making a phone call has emerged as one of Gen Z's greatest weaknesses. (laughs) With phones being so easily accessible and attached to almost every young person's hand, you might expect Gen Z to be able to perform one of the most mundane tasks— picking up the phone and dialing. Unfortunately, the reality is the very thought of making a call is often accompanied by a sense of dread and impending failure for some. Most subject matter experts (laughs) believe (laughs) this apprehension to phone calls is associated with social anxiety. Social anxiety stems from the fear of judgment or humiliation. Texting and using apps such as Snapchat prevents mistakes from being made. Texting allows Gen Z to proofread and keep track of their conversation. Do they proofread? Texting also gives them time to respond appropriately without awkward silences and prevents any unforeseen mishaps. This eliminates chances of being judged or humiliated. 
Texting is also quicker. It allows Gen Zers to quickly send off a text and walk away while waiting for a response. Texting allows multitasking, whereas phone calls mean focusing your whole attention to what is happening on the line. <laughs> News service spoke to high school and university students to explain their fear. Quote, if I had to make a phone call, I would freak out, one said. When I do make a call, I usually sit down and write potential responses to what <laughs> I think they'll say to me just so I am prepared. Another said it was just best to stay away from phone calls. It feels like I'm not reinforcing the statement stranger danger. She said, it's been a warning we've all grown up with. Aaron McGovern, 21, tells us that any thought of making a phone call is anxiety-inducing. If I'm tasked with calling someone important, the prospect might bring me to tears, she said. The sense of fear of failure contributes to my heightened sense of stress associated with phone calls. (laughs) I can hear (laughs) David David laughing laughing through through the glass. I know. (laughs) Tate Bevan, 16, said if he has to call someone, he'd be stressed for how the conversation would play out. I'd be worried about what I'll say and what I need to say. I wouldn't want to miss anything. I get nervous, says similar uh, Giorgio O'Grady, 16. I'd probably I'd get nervous when I make a phone call. I'd probably avoid doing something important if it meant I had to make a call. <laughs> all the individuals who spoke were given the chance of responding via text or call, and the responses were given, all of them, by text message for this study. Fox News, I'm Chris Foster. It's primary day in New Hampshire with 24 Republicans on the ballot, but it's basically Nikki Haley versus Donald Trump. Overnight, there were six voters who beat everyone else to the punch. This happened in the small town of Dixville Notch, a quaint resort community just about 20 minutes or so from the Canadian border. Former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, she won Dixville Notch in a clean sweep, earning six of the votes, which were up for grabs. Fox's Mark Meredith. The largest ever university faculty strike in U.S. history across the California State University system system last less than a day. The tentative deal to raise wages was reached by the state university system and the union representing 29,000 workers, including professors, lecturers, librarians, coaches, and others across 23 campuses. Fox's Lillian Wu, the planned five-day strike started yesterday to start of the spring semester for nearly 460,000 students. Classes start back up today. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. 731 at News Radio 923 right now. 57 degrees. It is mostly cloudy this morning in Pensacola. Some new information on last Friday's deadly stabbing in Escambia County. The sheriff's office has ruled it a case of self-defense. Investigators say it all started when a 38-year-old man was arguing with his 71-year-old mother. Reportedly, that man then picked up a knife, was cutting himself. His mother and her boyfriend both intervened. The mother and the boyfriend were simply trying to get, you know, to keep him from harming himself. They were trying to do right. They were legally where they were they were allowed to be. Um, and then ultimately, you know, to save their own lives, they, they took action. Or he and took action. In the end, the mother was stabbed and the boyfriend uh, ended up stabbing the son in self-defense. There's no charges expected in the case. A proposal to rename uh, Santa Rosa County Bridge after Lloyd Hynote is now being put on hold. Hynote served on the Milton City Council for over 15 years. He was also the vice chief of the Santa Rosa County Creek Indian Tribe. When we have a, an elder, a beloved elder, a uh, chief that passes, then we give them the title of being a heritage chief. That would be, heritage would be along the lines of saying honorable chief, if you wanted to substitute heritage for honorable. Dan Helms there, chief of the Santa Rosa Band of the Lower Muskogee, spoke in support of the proposal. The board also heard from Tom Nichols, the retired chief of the Santa Rosa County Creek Indians. Uh, He 
had a different opinion on High Note, uh, saying that he and Helms were part of an effort to overthrow his chiefship. Commissioner James Calkins wanted to talk to both sides of the issue before he decided what to do as he moved forward. Senator Marco Rubio says he wants to see a complete reform of the asylum process. He says the biggest problem now at the southern border is existing laws are not being enforced by the federal government. And we already have laws on the books right now. I mean, the laws have not changed from the time Trump was president to the time Biden became president. What changed was the way the law was applied and executed. The same laws, Trump had the same laws as Biden, but Trump did not allow people and discourage people from coming. And we detained people and we deported people and we forced people to remain in Mexico. Biden on day one said, I'm getting rid of all the Trump policies. In essence, they're not following the laws that exist now. They're not using their enforcement tools now. And Rubio was on Fox News last night to discuss illegal immigration. He says if the Biden administration is willing to go to the Supreme Court to fight border security, they likely wouldn't abide by reforms made in an agreement with Republicans. A student at Gulf Breeze High School being celebrated for being a good Samaritan. Now, this is all following that uh, that mo- motorcycle crash yesterday along Highway 98. I waited for the traffic to kind of clear up, and I just booked it. And I noticed the man was unresponsive on the ground, like laid out like on a star position. And in my head, I was like, that's not good. And that is 17-year-old Cole Clark. He talked with Channel 3 and of course, yesterday you heard about that crash. Well, Clark was near the scene. He saw the uh, the motorcyclist laying in the road, ran to the scene, and performed CPR on the man. A short time later, EMS crews showed up. Now, that injured motorcyclist is now recovering at a local hospital. And Clark, he'll graduate this May. He plans to study sports medicine. 735 at News Radio 92.3. Jake's got a look at our traffic on the fives this morning. All right. Uh, If you're headed out of Milton this morning on Highway 90, we do have a vehicle crash at Woodbine Road, uh, causing some road blockage there. So please use caution coming out of Milton this morning. Uh, Otherwise, around town, I'm not seeing anything uh, slowing you down. I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre. I don't see any accidents reported there. Uh, Looks like Palafox uh, is looking good. Let's see here. Highway 29 is accident-free from the Atmore Cutoff in Molino through Cantonment. Uh, 12th Avenue through Palafox and W Street is looking good. Davis Highway is clear from the I-10 overpass through Creighton, Brent, and Fairfield. If you see anything out there slowing you down, let us know. 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. We are going to be seeing a much warmer day in store today with those wet conditions. We're going to be seeing scattered, isolated showers as we go throughout the day. 30% chance of rain with a high near 65. Overnight tonight, staying warm with lows in the 60s. For our Wednesday, heavy showers and thunderstorms possible. 50% chance of rain with a high near 71. And Wednesday night, temperatures dropping near 65. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, 57 in Pensacola, 55 in Gulf Breeze, 54 in Milton. Our next news at 8 and breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. I'm Nicole Murray with Your Money Now. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission said that a SIM swap attack was to blame for the breach of its official account on X earlier this month. A fake post was displayed on January 9th saying the agency had approved the first ever spot Bitcoin exchange traded funds. The SEC changed its password and has since regained control of the account. Sanofi plans to buy assets from biopharmaceutical company Inhibrinks in a deal valued up to $2.2 billion. The acquisition refers to Inhibrinks 101 therapy, which is used to treat alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency.
deficiency, an inherited disease that raises the patient's risk of developing lung diseases and other illnesses. Sanofi will pay Inhibric stockholders $30 cash per share. They will also receive one share of the new company for every four of Inhibrics. Both parties' boards have unanimously approved, and the acquisition is slated for the second quarter. Futures are mixed. That's your money now. It's a new year, and that means new savings on your next Volkswagen from Pete Moore Imports. Remember 0% financing? Well, it's returned to Pete Moore Imports and is now available on all 2023 Volkswagen Tiguan and Taos crossover models. In addition to 0% financing, Pete Moore Imports is discounting those models like the 2023 Taos SE, now from $31,245 and the 2023 Tiguan SE R-Line now from $34,791. Both discounted models offer 0% financing for 60 months. And with the new year comes the 2024 Atlas SE now from $38,696 and the 2024 Atlas Cross Sport SE from $37,361. Start saving this month at Feedmore Imports. They're not at Car City, so you won't pay Car City prices. Feedmore Imports is on New Warrington Road, Pensacola. Special APR rate for qualifying credit through DCI. Sale price before tag, tax title, and associated dealer fees. Must take delivery by February 29, 2024. See dealer for details. The cost of health care is all in the news. Tune in this morning at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel as ProHealth will be the guest and discussing how ProHealth medical membership programs can help you take out the stress and cost of health care. That's this morning at 10 as ProHealth will be the guest on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 923 AM 1620. News Radio Pensacola has you covered no matter where you are or how you like to listen. Tune into our frequencies on 92.3 FM, 95.3 FM, and AM 1620 for the latest breaking news, local updates, and in-depth analysis. Can't be near a radio? No problem. Stream us live on our website or through our convenient app. Available for download on your mobile device. Plus, with our smart device integration, you can ask your virtual assistant to play News Radio 92.3 and we'll be right there with you. It's News Radio Pensacola. Good morning, 739 News Radio 92.3. A little cold, a little overcast, a little wet. It's all right, I don't mind. You know, a little bit of this is fine. It's a break in the in, in the temperature, uh, you know, in, in terms of the normal Pensacola, sunny and hot all the time. Uh, Chip Simmons, our uh, sheriff in Escambia County, he's here in studio with me, Chip. Uh, welcome back to the show, sir. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm great. Doing great. Um, I definitely want to talk about the Uvalde report with you. But before we get to that, we had two pretty high profile uh, crimes. But so I do not forget before either of those. Last week had several reports of and somebody sent me a picture of. Escambia deputies on Three Mile Bridge driving three abreast in all three lanes slow. And I'd never seen that in Florida. I've seen it in California. I've seen like they weave back and forth to shut all five lanes or whatever, but I'd never seen it. And it didn't seem like there was any incident. So I didn't know what was being done. Can you shed any light on the event, the tactic? Is this something we should expect more of? You just tell us what's going on. Yeah. You know, but um, I get the word that, that, oh my gosh, people are running drones and this is a picture of deputies running drones. No one's running drones uh, and speed enforcement. And the, the deputies were driving three abreast. I saw the, the video as well. 
Um, they're going to speed limit. I'm not sure you know, why people complain about deputies driving the speed limit. Well, that's slow and, on yeah. Three Mile Bridge. That's well, 40 miles under. It's the speed limit. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just odd that people would call and complain that the deputies were going to speed limit and not letting people pass them. Um, so it's a little odd to me to hear that. But what what they were doing, there's two things, as I understand it, when I, when I did some looking into it. One was they were doing uh, some inspection on the bridge, and they were they were escorting some of the people that were doing the inspection. And the second thing was someone was someone had hired – uh, the deputies for an escort, and, and and they were they were doing that. We do that. We do escort people all the time throughout okay. town. Um, and it's as simple as that. They they hired deputies to do an escort. They they needed the the entire lane. I don't know what they were escorting. To be okay. honest with you, I don't know what equipment it was. But you've seen some of these large large scale equipment. Sure. They were they were paying for it, and the, and the road wasn't stopped. The deputies were going to speed limit, and apparently that irked some some drivers. That that how dare we go? How dare you go forty five on, on the on the bridge? Okay. Um, fair but, enough. but it was no, there was no drones involved. Okay, fair. And we we had heard this, and we were kind of concerned if there had been something. But that makes perfect sense. As often, the story is not much of a story. But it's that's not, fine. It's, I'll, yeah, I'll take it's it. Not near as exciting as you, <laughs> you right. think. Uh, meanwhile, we had two different stories. One um, as a domestic violence case out of Bellevue that started with SWAT serving an arrest warrant. Is my understanding? Is that right? Well, I think it's the one you're talking about where an individual shot his, uh, I think it was his girlfriend, in the abdomen. Yes, And yes. she went across the street and reported to us, and then we had um, a arrest warrant. Is what, what happened was once we got the information, um, he was a barricaded individual. We went to the house. He was inside the house, and so we treated that as a barricaded okay. situation. So SWAT was a response we after. perimeter, okay. and then, and then we, and we um, applied for an affidavit for attempted murder because he shot her in the abdomen. Okay. Um, and that's what we did. We, we, um, we methodically took down the window. We took down the front door. We took down the garage door. We pumped some gas in there uh, all the time trying to make conversation with this individual only to find out that he had taken his own life sometime before, either before we got there or just as we were getting there. And just, I say this, we've said it many times, but I know not everybody here is even for a long time listening. They might have never heard us say this, but SWAT is not there to go Rambo style in busting down doors and shooting people. SWAT, I mean, they can do that, but SWAT is there to save lives and they will wait and patience and delay as long as it takes to do that. Five, 10, 15 hours sometimes, right? I mean, can do. Sometimes. It's rarely going to take that long, but you know, if, if it's a barricade situation where there's no other person inside, mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have time once you get the SWAT team there, because again, the SWAT team, there may be, there's probably a couple of SWAT team members on each shift. So there's always someone there with a, a SWAT element and tactical training, uh, but not necessarily the whole team there. So it could take 40 minutes to get the whole team there, mm-hmm. the Bearcat, the Rook, whatever, whichever one of those, those pieces of equipment that we want. So it, it's the SWAT team does set up the perimeter, and we did. And part of the SWAT team element is the hostage negotiation or the negotiation team. So we do try to to make contact with individuals. As you mentioned, we certainly would rather the person come out, and most of the time they do. Most of the time, as soon as SWAT gets there, they they give up. They're they done. they decide you know we're serious about this and. And, and they decided it's and not that's worth great it. news. That is that is life saved. I mean, that's the whole point. Yeah. Uh, and we're actually going to come back to that when we talk about the Uvalde case because that distinction between barricaded individual right. versus Something others is made, a right. very important distinction. Uh, there was also a weird, awful, terrible story on 66th Avenue involving, I guess the the son was cutting himself and the mom tried to stop him and this wound up in the stepdad. Killing the son, is that right, or something like this? Sort of. There was, um, again, tragic yes, uh, situation. Um, there was a, uh, what I call elderly uh, mother, and then her 38-year-old son were in, in the house, uh, and so was the mother's boyfriend. Okay, boyfriend. The mother's okay. boyfriend was in another room at the time. 
Um, mother and son get into an argument. Son decides that he's going to get a knife and start to cut himself. Mother, doing what mothers do, tries to stop her son from hurting himself. Right. Ends up, during that altercation, getting cut herself or stabbed herself. Um, and then the boyfriend comes in to try to help the mother. Yeah. Um, he does the same thing, tries to prevent the 38-year-old from cutting himself. Or, and then uh, the 38-year-old son turns the aggression towards him. And then there's one a single stabbing. Um, and, and the 38 year old is, is deceased from that, from that stab wound. So the investigators get there and they determined, you know, it, it was reasonable at the time to believe that that individual or another, mm-hmm. um, life was in danger and, and the, the action was taken was reasonable. So it, it, it went from a trying to help to the person harming himself, turned on the helpers and then it becomes a self-defense case and it's a horrible outcome. It's a terrible, ter- tragic outcome, but that's where There's, we're at now. You know, back in the 70s and 80s, I wasn't here in the 70s, but uh, the 80s, there was a lot of suicide attempts, and law enforcement would intervene. Mm. Not necessarily local, but I've heard a lot of, a lot of the training that we went through because I was a SWAT commander for a long time, and we would be called to suicidal threats. Yeah. An individual would have a knife, and, and taking action sometimes causes that, and then we end up having to injure somebody. So law enforcement throughout the country have stopped um, responding to suicidal threats where you're the only one in your house. Uh, we, we don't respond like we used to, where we intervene like like this because, because it endangers the, the law enforcement. That, that, that an individual can get injured, and it's just become the standard for for uh, mm. response. Well, uh, all of that's going to be uh, well, most of that's going to be relevant when we talk about the uh, Uvalde report here in just a second. We're talking to Sheriff Chip Simmons. Uh, Jake's got traffic on the fires for us. Jake. Okay, a couple areas are starting to get congested around town. We have East Olive Road between Cody Lane and uh, what? This here, that would be Cody Lane and, come on, map, North Davis Highway. Uh, that is very slow uh, headed eastbound this morning. Also, we have that crash at Woodbine uh, and US 90 coming out of Milton this morning. But other than that, we're looking pretty good. If you see anything out there, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Um, Sheriff, you know, yesterday I had a good chance to talk with Sheriff Johnson about the Uvalde report quite a bit. Um, I, I assume you're familiar with it and... You know, when I read the sort of the summary of the, the things that it pointed out, you know, it, it's hard to see anything that was done right. It seems like they did, they they couldn't have. It's like they did, like they almost went out of their way to do things wrong. But I don't know. I'm not a law enforcement officer. I'm not training these things. I know you guys train in these all the time. You've sadly had to respond to this. And yes, Pensacola shooting, of course. I've seen some of your training when you used to do it at, uh, you know, uh, the old Woodham High School or Woodham Middle School at the time. But um, you tell me your reaction to the uh, Uvalde report. What did you learn? If you learned anything, what did you see? What did you think? Uh, well, I'm disappointed, obviously, in the law enforcement, or if you can call it that, uh, response to the, to the situation. I, rev- I reviewed the, the report because we always look at these things and critique others so we can critique ourselves. Right. Um, I, I think that we're in a situation where we can talk from experience, unfortunately, um, and, and then with all the training and all the stuff that we've done on other, other type of situations. Um, um, I think that if you look at the report, the number one thing is they failed to respond. You know, we talk about it all the time. We go to the active shooter. We go to the to the threat, and and that's again we 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 correlate everything to what happened at NAS. And we went to the threat. We had a couple different teams. We didn't wait until a whole team set up at one door. When you had one or two people there, they said let's go in. Uh, at the same time, one or two people at another door went in that way because. Um, this is a chaotic environment. Yeah. It's they're always chaotic, and and to say that that you have a policy you go A B C D, it, to me is is unreasonable. You use it as a guide. You train that way so that it's second nature to you. 
and and you don't have to think about it as much. You just do it. But the number one thing to do is go to the threat. You don't stop and think, oh, we have a barricaded such such uh, individual in there, and and not go to the threat and try to save lives. And so that's to me that's the number one thing. Had they done that one part, the rest of it would be just just incidental, um, and and you know to the chaotic environment. Right. So I, I I'm I'm rather disappointed in what they've done. I'm surprised. I think at one point there was a police chief from the school and a police chief from an agency that were within 10, 20 feet of each other and never coordinated efforts, never, never talked to each other. It took, I want a park ranger and someone else to come in there and say, Hey, let's go, let's, let's go in this door. Yeah. They waited so many minutes and then they waited, I want to say 40 minutes to get a key to a door. I can tell you at NAS Pensacola, we, we had, in fact, we put videos out every, every December the 6th and, and video is the, some of the radio transmissions and you can hear Different in hindsight, you can hear descriptions that aren't that aren't valid, that aren't true. Uh, a long gun. You had two different people. We had I think automatic a, weapon fire. Automatic even. weapon. Yeah. You had all these reports coming in, so we didn't know what we were going to run into, but we knew what we were going to go do. We mm-hmm. knew we were going to go inside there. So, but my point is, when you when you start to to look at all these different scenarios uh, in intelligence gathering type of of, of, of situation. The bottom line is you got to go to the threat. Mm-hmm. You've got to go to the threat and then allow them to do their job. The only exception to that is if you're sure it's a barricaded individual with nobody else to harm. Yeah, we talked a little bit which about is the what one we talked about before that, thing, and which is can. what they say they thought it was, which made no sense given ongoing shots and the 911 calls and, and everything else. Uh, by the way, I I know your phone was going off, and if you need to check it, your your job as sheriff comes before this interview on the air. <laughs> so if you need to check it, uh, you know, and make sure that it's not an urgent thing, because if it is, we'll let you go and take care of it. You good? Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Okay, but right, we had just to give an idea. We had a on our way over here. We had a home invasion call go out, just so your listeners can kind of understand. And so, you know, we had our um, our, our channel on emergency just this morning, just okay. coming in here. So I'm listening to it, home invasion going out on 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 the west side of, of, of town. And so as I'm listening, then coming to find out it was some, you know, that they, they, they gave the names of the people that were the home invaders. Mm-hmm. And usually that's kind of, okay, so you know who it is. It could be a domestic situation. It could be, it's still real. We still respond with lights and sirens. Um, then ultimately it was a dispute over money. You know, so the, a lot of times the information we get is not necessarily the information that ends up being. So right. in that situation, we're going to go in there with our guns drawn and, 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 and kick doors in. No, we're going to evaluate the situation as we go. But in the Uvalde situation, getting back to that, you heard gunfire. You right. know that, that this is a real-life situation. You don't need a key. You, you know, to try to kick a door in, do whatever you can. At NES Pensacola, after the, the, the gunman was, was killed, there were other reports that other people were there. So we had to clear every room. And we had to do that in, 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 a, in a tactical way. And, and we, we tore up a lot of doors. And it would have taken two years to fix the building because of everything that was, that was torn up. Um, you know, but, but you have to do that. You have to make right. sure that that place is safe. You know, I was, I was talking about this earlier um, that what was so, f- what I, I realized today actually that what's so frustrating about the Uvalde failure is we celebrate law enforcement for your willingness to put your life on the line for me, my family, our friends, the state of society, law and order. But of course, built in that is the expectation that when that is needed, that's what you do. Yeah. And so we love the fact that you do that for us and honor it properly so. And when that's not done, it's, you know, that love is uh, betrayed, yeah. you know, is what it looks like. I did want to, just before we let you go, I wanted to ask you a um, uh, about the information flow, because that was one of the other parts of this report is people were told their kids were alive and their kids were not, or they were 
taken to the wrong places. And there, there was all kinds of failures after even the event was over managing the casualties. And I wanted to see if you had any thoughts about what can we learn from that. Well, and you always think about that. Again, this is not anything new. That, that is something you have to consider. We go to training all the time, and we and we go over the Pulse nightclub shooting. Mm-hmm. There's there's a couple in California that we've gone over. Even as far back as Columbine, we, we go over those things, and we step by step. What did you know beforehand? What did you miss? Mm-hmm. And then what happened when you first got there? And then and then after that, what you did when you got there, you know, the action that you t- you've taken, and then the post-incident uh, uh, response. The setting up the 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 um you know the the, the incident location the the re, the what the, the place where they can come and reunite with their with their loved ones so there's all of these things that you got as again as a checklist but but again it's easy to teach a class it's easy to talk about something but you have to understand that every environment is going to be chaotic mm-hmm. and every environment is going to be a little bit different so if you train to do just to me you have to do a couple of things you train to go to the to the threat. Um, no matter what what takes place, and again, uh, if you can, if you see another guy going with you, hey, come with me. Let's go to the store. And and what it takes is leadership, and it not, doesn't take leadership necessarily from the sheriff or the police chief. Mm-hmm. It takes leadership from the person that's there at the scene. And as as uh, you know, my, my my chief deputy says, yeah, if one person had a, had a said, let's go inside, then then others would have followed. You right. hope, you right. know, it's not one of those things where you say, let's go inside, and you find yourself by yourself. Um, that's not that's not that's not a good thing. Uh, but again, you you can say, hey, let's let's go. We know what's going on. You what you do in, in law enforcement response. I'm assuming this happens in the military, although I haven't been in a war situation. Um, you get not tunnel vision, but you you get in a zone where what you're going to do. You know what your job is, is is like. You don't necessarily hear the gun the gunfire. I've I've been in situations where where the gun you know gunfire is exchanged and you don't really hear it because you have a job to do. Hmm. You're ultra focused on this one thing. So if it, it takes just that one leader. To say, let's we're going in this door. We're going to save these kids at any risk, and and that's what we did at NAS Pensacola, and and that's what I wish they would have done at, at Uvalde. Absolutely, Sheriff Chip Simmons, sir. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for training to keep us safe, and thank you for sharing some time with us this morning. You know, I always appreciate it, sir. You bet. Y'all take care. All right, we'll see you next week. Seven fifty-five on News Radio ninety-two-three. Jake's got our traffic on the fives. Jake. All right, not looking too bad out there. We do have some areas that we are looking at. We have uh, Woodbine Road at Highway ninety. Um, we do have uh, a vehicle crash there from earlier, causing some slowdown. Also, slow traffic on East Olive Road. Uh, eastbound between Cody Lane and North Davis Highway. Highway 98 is backing up in Tiger Point at the Avalon-Garcon Point intersection, as well as slow traffic just before the Live Oaks Preserve headed westbound on Highway 98 and Gulf Breeze. Uh, North Davis Highway southbound and University is really starting to back up uh, from that slow traffic on East Olive Road. And uh, Caroline Street and Milton westbound showing really a bad slowdown. And also Highway 90 at the intersection of Scenic Highway westbound there showing some backup. If you see anything else out there, let us know. 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. All right. I am going to probably mess this up bad, but I'm going to do my best anyway. I have tickets to the opera. All right. Tickets to the Pensacola Opera 41st season opening with Donizetti's Lucia de Lammermoor. Close, yeah. yeah. January 26th and 28th. Sounds like it's going to be very entertaining. It's not an opera that I'm particularly familiar with, but it sounds like it's going to be wonderful. Tickets start at just $25, and I have a pair of tickets for you. Just be fast. Caller number one, 437-1620. You win those tickets. Boom, zip, go. I'm Andrew McKay. It's News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. 
to an end to the Pensacola Expert Panel tomorrow for Fleet Street's inaugural show. Micaiah, owner of Fleet Street, and his guest Amy, the organizer of the Double Bridge Run, will be talking about running and walking opportunities in Pensacola and the new Fleet Feet location on Garden Street. Also, the services Fleet Feet offers, shoe fitting, in-store fit ID foot scans, running walking coach training at Fleet Feet, and more. Text or call your questions for the Pensacola Expert Panel at 850-437-1620, weekdays from 9 to 11 on News Radio 923. AM 1620. Are you a fan of all things Florida? Then the Fresh from Florida Club should be on your menu. Search and save your favorite recipes, create custom menus, and get all your cooking questions answered by me, Florida's culinary ambassador, Chef Justin, for free. It's easy to sign up, and best of all, you'll be supporting Florida's farmers, ranchers, and fishermen. Join today at freshfromflorida.com. A message from the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Pensacola right now with Joe and Austin. 4 to 7 on News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. I know that I have been hard on everyone here, but I am my father's daughter. And he always said, if at first you don't succeed, pack your bags. Good morning, 758 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Uh, we're going to get a really quick headlines from David Wayne in the newsroom. Uh, there. <laughs> That's All what I have now? to offer. Um, so I'd love to give you a headline, Andrew, but uh, at 7.40 this morning, my workstation decided it was the opportune time to shut itself down and do a system update. Oh, man, I love so, Windows. Yeah, Windows isn't is that wonderful? Best. never interferes so, with anything yeah. the rest of the world is trying to so, do. So out of the blue, clear sky, I can tell you I'm at <laughs> 95% done. So potentially you'll actually so have news breaking, at the top of the hour. This breaking news yes. story is a breaking news story about news that's broken. Yeah, but very broken. <laughs> Broken is an understatement this morning. Man, your job is so hard. (laughs) It really is, I know. All right, David, thanks so much for the not quite an update yet. Uh, (laughs) We have more more good stuff just like that coming up next after the break. Stick around. Listen on air at 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Gulf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.